So we've been, we've been in a series on the, uh, the covenant love of God from the book of Malachi. We're not talking from Malachi today. We're, gonna, we're taking just a step aside from Malachi. But I want you to know that as we talk about baptism for just a few moments this morning, that, that, that we're still talking about the covenant love of God. God's love for you, whether you're, whether you're a, a regular part of our church, whether you're here visiting for the first time, whether you have history here, whether you don't, um, no matter what, if you're, if, you're, if you're here and you're breathing, I want you to know, anybody not breathing, by the way? Yeah, check Suzanne's pulse. I think we're all good. Um, if you're here and you're breathing, I want you to know God loves you with an everlasting love. He loves you with a love that caused him to step out of glory into, onto earth in the person of his son, Jesus Christ, to live among us because he was in pursuit of your heart. To live among us. To show the Father's love in the ways that he ministered. And the ways that he acted. Healing. Rescuing people who were. Um, you know their life was ravaged by brokenness. Even, even by being demonized. By, by sickness, and Jesus went around transforming lives and showing the love of the Father. And then he went all the way to the cross, where the Bible tells us that Jesus died for our sin. What does that mean? We don't have all day to tell, to, to, to get into it. But it means that we are all in need of a Savior. We are all sinful and broken, in need of healing and saving and cleansing and rescuing and transforming. And Jesus went to the cross to die that in doing so, he would take our sin, our rebellion, our selfishness, our guilt, all of it upon himself. So that it, the Bible says if we believe in him, in what he did and who he was, and that God raised him from the dead because he did on the third day, that we would be forgiven, that in fact all of our mess would be put on him and all of his goodness would be put on us. Isn't that amazing? And that we actually, in believing in him, can have a new kind of life. 
And so I, I want to I read baptism. Baptism is an outward sign of something that has happened on the inside of the people who are being baptized. Right? There's, by their actions in, in being baptized, they're saying something has changed inside of me. I become a follower of Jesus, a believer in Jesus. And something has changed on the inside of me. And I want to tell the world. Right? And uh, so, so I want to read some, some verses from Colossians 2, verses 9 to 15. It says, For in Christ... For in Christ, all the fullness of deity, that's godness, right? All the fullness of deity lives in bodily form. And in Christ, you have, you have been, those are, he's writing to those who are followers of Jesus. In Christ, you have been brought to fullness. He, Jesus, is the head over every power and authority. In him you were also circumcised. It's an awkward word. Circumcised with a circumcision not performed by human hands. Your whole self, ruled by the flesh, was put off when you were circumcised by Christ. So we're not talking about a physical circumcision here, something that's changed on the inside. Having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through your faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. And he's taken it away, nailed it to the cross. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Yeah. That's a mouthful. But here's, just step by step quickly, here's what I believe that says to us. First of all, God really did come among us. Right? It says, in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. What a statement. Wow. This verse leaves no ambiguity as to who Jesus was. He was not just a prophet, although he spoke prophetically. He was not just a teacher, although he was the greatest spiritual teacher the world has known. And he was not just a great leader and thinker. He was God in a body. Paul wants to be clear here and leave no room for wondering who this man was. This claim was shocking when, it, when Paul made it, and it's still shocking today. We're still trying to figure out what does it mean 
God put on a body and came and lived among us. Wow. And then it says in Christ, that, that we find our fullness in Christ. It says, in Christ you have been brought to fullness. Let me just say this. Every other pursuit in this world, every other pursuit, ultimately is empty and ultimately will leave you empty. Every other religious system, every other ideology, political or otherwise, every obsession, every addiction, everything we may give our lives to, to give us a sense of fulfillment for a passing moment will ultimately fail us. Cannot give us the hope that Jesus does. Cannot give us the sense of purpose that his mission does. He cannot give us the peace and the joy that knowing Christ in a personal way will do. And, though, and many of us in this room will say yes to that, will testify, will say, I know that peace and nothing else compares. And thirdly, it says, it tells us that there is no higher authority than Jesus. It says he, he is head over every power and authority. I think that's either really good news or really bad news. Or both. There is, there is no one else to appeal to. Jesus is and will be the ultimate judge. And there's no one else to appeal to. If you're hoping to get a second opinion because you don't like what Jesus says, you're out of luck. Right? But the other side of the coin is that if you are trusting Jesus for your salvation, there is no voice of accusation that trumps the voice of Jesus. When he says, you are free, you are forgiven, there is no voice that can trump his voice. Jesus has and will have the final word on our lives. The, third, the, four, the fourth thing talks about this weird thing called the circumcision of our heart. Isn't that, isn't that weird? Those of you who are visiting today, you'll say, man, that church was weird. They talked about weird things. Circumcision of the heart. It's okay. We, don't, we just, we don't skirt around challenging things that this book talks about. And so what it's talking about is in the Old Testament, in the old part of the Bible, the, the, the Jewish people, the, the people of Israel were the covenant people of God. And God said, here's how I want to mark you and set you apart as different from all the other people of the world. Circumcision. Right? But it was, a, it was always meant to be an outward sign that, that God had selected them 
to follow him by, in their hearts. It's not, God is never just about rules. He's about our hearts. And circumcision was an outward sign that the people of Israel were, were meant to be set apart to live for God in their hearts. In fact, in the, in the Old Testament, in the law, in the Old Testament, it says, um, uh, God says this, to, to the Lord your God belong the heavens, even the highest heavens, the earth and everything in it. Yet the Lord set his affection on your ancestors and loved them and chose you, their descendants, above all the nations. Circumcise your hearts, therefore. He'd already told them to, to do the act of circumcision on, on you know, newborn males. But now he says, this applies to everybody, not just the males. This applies to everybody. Circumcise your hearts. Cut away the stuff that isn't about me, God is saying. Live totally for me. Right? And so baptism, Paul is saying baptism is the new sign of the covenant that God has with us. It replaced circumcision because God is saying now, this isn't just for Jews, this is for everybody. And if you become a follower of me, I want you to be baptized as an outward sign that something has changed on the inside and that you are giving over your life and your heart to me. And that we will now live in covenant relationship together. And fifthly, you didn't earn it. God did it without you. Okay? So here's what it says in the verse. When you were dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. There is nothing you can do to make God love you more, nothing you can do to make him love you less. And your salvation is nothing to do with your efforts and your rule keeping. It is what God does in your life, when you simply say yes to him. All we can do to bring about our salvation is say yes. He does everything else. God is our savior. We are not our savior. God is our savior. He has done it. And then lastly... He gives us this amazing picture of the victory that Jesus brings in our life. It says, he forgave all our sin. Wow, right? Forgave all our sin. Canceled the legal, the, the legal debt that had condemned us. What an amazing picture. Basically, the picture being that we are all, we are all on death row. And God didn't put us there, we put us there. 
in our rebelliousness and selfishness and greed, we put us there. But when we trust in Christ, the prison doors are thrown open and the, and the, the legal debt that was against us, that condemned us, is thrown out of court. And we are set free. Amen? And then it says that, that God took it and nailed it to the cross. That thing that was against us, that condemnation that was against us, was killed on the cross in Christ. And then it says God disarmed, He disarmed spiritual demonic powers. Folks, we have an enemy that wants to destroy our soul, that wants to kill us, steal, kill, and destroy. And he is powerful. But when we come to Christ, the Bible tells us that, that Jesus disarms the powers that are against us. All of a sudden, every demonic power that is against you no longer has any, it's like he's a roaring lion looking for someone to devour, but somebody ripped his teeth out, right? He can make all the noise he wants, but he has no longer power and authority over our lives. Disarmed the spiritual demonic powers and made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross, right? When, when, a Roman general. This is the picture. Paul is, everyone that Paul wrote this letter to understood what he was saying. Because they knew that when a Roman general won a victory against some Germanic tribe or, or some, whoever it was, right? They won a victory. It would take all the, all the leaders of that tribe and they would they would make them walk, they generally would strip them naked, make it as embarrassing as they could, and make them walk through the streets of Rome and make a public, embarrassing spectacle of them just to say, Rome is greater than every other nation in the world. Right? That was, I mean, it's pretty humiliating, pretty not. Not nice. But when the enemy that you defeat is demonic powers that have nothing but evil intention over every human, every evil thing that happens in the world is inspired by them. And God has in Christ taken them by the scruff of the neck and said, you're done. And dragged them through the streets and said that... that the very thing that you thought was going to be an embarrassment to God, the cross of Jesus, has become an embarrassment to you. You are defeated, you are stomped on, you are crushed, your day is over. We have victory in Christ. Amen? So all of that to say, there is Jesus won a great victory for us. And in doing so, he brings us into covenant relationship with, a, with 
God, our heavenly Father who loves us, is not like any father on planet Earth. He loves us with an everlasting love. He has done everything to bring you close to Him. And I want to encourage you today, if you're hearing about this, good news. It's called the gospel, the good news. If you're hearing about this, good news for the first time today. Consider that God loves you and he wants you to have that kind of life too. Forgiven, free, part of a covenant relationship with God and part of a covenant family where you belong. I want to pray with you that the worship team is going to come as, as we do this. But would you stand? I want to pray with you today. Thank you, God. Father, what a day. What a great day. We're so thankful for, uh, for what you're doing here. These are good days. The world might be getting, getting dark, but you're doing good things. In the midst of it. Thank you that you are rescuing lives from darkness. That you have done everything to, to, to make a way for us to be reconciled to the Father. To be forgiven. To be healed. Father, I pray for anyone in this room, God, who's maybe you're speaking to not in a, a weird hearing voices kind of way, but, but they're sensing a, a tug on their heart today. That there's something to this Jesus thing. God, I pray that you would show who you are to them. I pray that... that maybe even before they leave this place today, they would say yes to you. Pray that you would move in hearts and lives. In Jesus' name. I want to lead you in a, in a prayer of saying yes to God. If you're sensing that that tug on your heart, if you're sensing that maybe this is for you this morning, maybe you need a fresh start. You need to be forgiven. You need the debt of guilt taken away and nailed to the cross. So I want to lead you in a prayer that would just simply say yes to God, that would, that would declare belief in Him, ask for forgiveness, 
just pray it quietly in your heart with me today. Father God, I thank you for your love for me, your love for this world. I thank you for sending Jesus that he is the answer that my heart has been longing for. I believe in what Jesus did for me. And I ask you to forgive me everything I've ever done that is an offense to you, that is wrong, that is sinful. Forgive me and wash me and make me clean. And today, give me a new start. I choose to follow you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 If you prayed that today, we would love for you to share that with us, to tell us about it. We have a team that are prepared to pray with you. They're going to come right now. Um, if you if you want to declare your belief in Jesus, these people would love to help you do that. If you would if you need prayer for anything, we believe God is a miracle working, power working God. And if you have any need today, need for physical healing, need for financial breakthrough, need for healing of a relationship, whatever it might be. Um, these people who, who know God as a, as a miracle-working God, they want to pray with you today. So we want to bless you. Have a great rest of your day. There's, I think there's some, some treats out there with the coffee if you want to hang out a bit and uh, make sure you say congratulations to those who were baptized today. Um, so we want to we bless you. Have a great week. But if you would like prayer, please, please come on up.